Well, the weird times continue. COVID-19 continuing to affect all of our lives. And we don't know how long this is going to continue. A few more weeks, maybe a few more months. There's just a lot of uncertainty right now. Uh, the worst thing we can do is panic. You know, let it get you down. Let it perpetuate negative mental states and behaviors. Uh, so if there's one thing that you should really try and focus on, it's seeing everybody rise to the occasion. You know, people providing us with water, power, heating, food production, all those things, those critical parts of civic infrastructure being maintained. And that's just because of people going above and beyond to get the job done. Uh, delivery trucks, working in grocery stores, drug stores, pharmacists, doctors, nurses, hospital staff, everybody. The cleaners sanitizing every surface of everything that's still running. A big thank you to all those people. We've said that before. We're going to keep saying it because we're just as grateful now as we were two or three weeks ago. And so as people continue to self-isolate and find all that extra free time, uh, we here at Issue Zero have decided to kind of throw the format into the toilet, you know, or the fire, depending on which is your preferred method of destroying things. And so today we're just talking once again to another comic book creator about the content they've been consuming. Movies, video games, TV shows, comics, books, board games, etc. And we're going to be joined by my good friend Steph Cook. Not only does she appreciate roasted chicken on the appropriate level, but... She's also written some great comics like Oh My Gods and Paranorthern. She's worked as an editor on a whole bunch of stuff as well, with imprints from Image to Black Mask, etc. So please, Steph Cook, thank you for joining us on the show. What is it, comic-wise, that you're reading right now during the shutdown? So right now, I'm reading like a lot of graphic novels. Like I, I kind of made that switch a while ago at this point in time. So that's been my main reading form for, I don't even know how long. So uh, I'm making my way through a lot of like middle grade and YA books. Um, You're all about the YA. You love the YA. I do. Explain the YA. A lot of people like YA, they think Sweet Valley High, but in a comic, but that's not it. It's, It's much more diverse than just that, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that there's, like, a really big movement within both, like, YA and middle grade right now where these stories are being told that we really didn't get as kids. Um, And, you know, I think you're right. Like, it's, like, YA is always so portrayed as, like, girly and, like, romanticized and just that sort of thing. And it's, like, so much more. Like, it's, like, coming-of-age stories that take place in a wide variety of genres now. And like me, I'm really drawn to like the science fiction and fantasy kind of stuff. But one of my favorites of probably ever, but I read it in the last year or so is um, Valerie O'Connell. Is it Rosemary Valerie O'Connell and Mariko Tamaki's Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me. which is just, like, so good. What's it about? Give, my... give, me, give me, like, a two-cent descriptor of this story. So it's, like, a teenager who is coming to terms with, like, her sexuality and learning about relationships, and she's dating one of her fellow students named Laura Dean, who keeps breaking up with her. What huh. a horrible person. the name person. of the book. Laura Dean, come on. 
I know. Does but Laura Dean have good reasons for it? You you have to read the book. Okay. Because oh. that's part of like, it's part of the journey. Because like the, the main character is trying to come to terms with relationships and her own worth and kind of what that means for her. You know, like Laura Dean is like this popular kid who wants to like date around and not kind of be tied down. And the main character is really like infatuated with her and really just enamored with that kind of charm and charisma that she carries and she has to learn about what she deserves in a relationship and what her own self-worth is. Those are important things, man. I think a lot of problems we have as people come from not understanding who we are as a person to begin with and then like exuding that confusion onto other people. Yeah. You could say confusion is the original coronavirus. It's true. It's really true. I'm confused all the time, though, so, like, I don't think that's going away. But I don't know. I think it's a really important book. And I think, like, YA gets this bad rap, but it deals with a lot of really complex themes and just, like, really relatable stories kind of within these wide variety of genres. Like, Laura Dean is very, like, reality-based. Like, it's not told in, you know a big sci-fi or fantasy setting or whatever. It's just at like high school, but <laughs> now this yeah. is going to be a weird, weird take, but have you ever seen the movie empire of the sun with Christian Bale when he's like 11 years oh, old? I, probably a long time ago. I always I consider remember. that to be like but- a YA book. Like that's what it is because it's about this kid who winds up being a Japanese prisoner of war in a prisoner camp, but the entire story is told from the perspective of an 11-year-old boy, you know? Yeah. So that is to me a YA story, but it's not one that falls into that oh, it's just like a romance lovey-dovey story for girls, man. But that's a YA story, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, there is a place for romantic YA books. And there's definitely, like, I I love that camp sometimes. And I really love this kind of leaning into those those stories, too. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, it's not just, you know, about that. So you you gave the word camp, and that is a perfect tie-in to the second thing we want to talk about in terms of your consumption of media, Legends of Tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So (laughs) I, like, I've fallen off of, like, all the CW shows, like, all of them. Um, They just are so off the rails, bonkers, and I'm always screaming at the TV. Like, I'm just like, no! why would you do that like just why uh but everybody kept on telling me that legends of tomorrow doesn't really like like tie in to like arrow and the flash and all that stuff like too often and i should give it a try because it just kind of goes bananas and the first season like you know it's clearly trying to be that same sort of format with like arrow flash blah blah blah. but then it, it really does just become its own thing it becomes kind of like this monster of the week type show have you do you watch it i don't but like what you're saying is intriguing me because i say all the time i'm a big fan of monster of the week television and that's my biggest gripe with westworld it could have been monster of the week 
Yeah. So it becomes like basically, I don't know if you know the premise of Legends of Tomorrow for anybody who is listening. It is, you know, basically a bunch of misfit heroes that go forth and decide to become not heroes, but legends. Ooh, even better. Travel. Yeah. Yeah. They travel through time and basically stop these anachronisms like time anomalies (laughs) and set things right and make sure history remains intact and they don't mess with like the timeline. So it's like quantum leap, but with superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So what uh, characters are in it? What characters are in the show? So they have uh, Katie Lotz plays the White Canary, who was like Laurel Lance's sister in Arrow. Uh, they have um, the Adam, who is played by what's his name, who played Superman. Brendan Ruth. Why? Yes. Um, they have uh, Mick Rory, who is I don't know. He's a pyromaniac. I don't know what he is in the comics. <laughs> um, who else is in this? Firestorm. Ooh. Um, and who am I missing? I'm okay, missing wasn't people. Constantine on this show? I've never watched it. Oh my any- god, that's so funny that you bring that up. I watched that episode literally yesterday. So Constantine was like- in an episode then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, so they kind of have like a larger overarching story that they're trying to get through in a season, typically, but. Each episode just kind of like goes bananas and they wind up in a different period of time and they just kind of deal with the shenanigans. Like one episode is like Helen of Troy winds up in like 1940s Hollywood. Wow. She'd make the face that launched a thousand ships, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So basically she becomes this Hollywood starlet, but because she's like all of a sudden bringing all of this attention on herself, like Hedy Lamar, who was this like bombshell actress at the time, winds up like not getting like as much attention and it puts her into a depression and like Bluetooth technology, internet and all of this technology shit that she <laughs> developed. Technology shit. Great term. Technology shit that she developed because I don't know if you knew this, that Hedy Lamar was a genius. Mind- yeah, so she developed all of this stuff, but because Helen of Troy winds up getting all these jobs and taking away from Hedy Lamar, Hedy Lamar just goes into this alternate career, and it winds up messing with the future timeline, where their ship like doesn't exist anymore, and like the parts don't exist anymore because Hedy never developed them. So they have to like go back and fix all these things and get Helen of Troy back to. Her timeline. You know, you saying this makes me feel bad for even saying this show sounds campy and cheesy because this is brilliant stuff. It's actually got a lot of like really kind of cool real history things yeah. mixed in with a lot of like bonkers like plot stuff. It's sort of like Wishbone, you know? It's kind of like Wishbone. Oh, I love Wishbone. Oh my God. <laughs> I needed Wishbone yesterday too. You are like on my wavelength here. That's why like, we're friends. I was watching Muppets Treasure Island and I was just like, I was just like, oh, remember when they told us about classic books with like animals and Muppets and I was thinking of Wishbone and then obviously Muppets. And it's just like, what else could they do with the Muppets besides literally everything? Now, Um, what do you do in video game wise? Oh, so currently I'm like, I have two things kind of on the go right now. And one of them's like... (laughs) very much in line with like the rest of the world who's playing animal crossing <laughs> yeah so, yeah 
<laughs> I bought that as like my wholesome. I need to just relax and like dig up like some fossils, plant some flowers, and make like an island. Really, like basically Sim City, but you know, with cute little animals that give you sass. Ooh, that's nice. Little sassy animals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I've been playing that just as like my relaxing. I play that while I'm watching Legends of Tomorrow. I've watched like three seasons of Hold that in like a week and a half. How do like, you play a game and watch a show at the same time? Like, how do you so, do this? Well, so I have a Switch. Uh, so I play with like the handheld Switch for like Animal Crossing. And then I just kind of like have something on for background noise. Okay. So Legends of Tomorrow is that show. And Animal Crossing is that game for that kind of combo where I need to decompress and just have my mind completely <laughs> bombarded by fun, mindless stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. But you're and also then, playing Control, aren't you? Yeah. Now, yeah. our producer so, Dila came on and told me all about Control, and, and it's like this super-powered agent going into this creepy building called Control and yada, yada, yada. But yeah. give me more. Give me your take. Give me the stake, the Steph take. Yeah, so, like, it was on sale a few weeks ago for, like, 60% off, and I was asking Twitter, I'm like, should I play this game? And it turns out that one of my mutuals actually wrote part of the game, and he was like, ask me anything, like, let's do this. And he sold it to me as X-Files meets Twin Peaks. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's quite the and combination. Like, yeah, and I'm more of an X-Files person, like, Twin Pre- Peaks is, like, I have to think too much and like, I'm just like, what is happening? Give me the story here. Give me it straight. But David Lynch is not about that. Like he is, you know, David Lynch. Um, and I watched the trailers for control and the player, or like you're, you're playing a character that kind of looks like she has some Bioshock kind of powers. Like, mm. you know, she holds up her hand and can do like, she can throw things with like telekinesis and she can hypnotize enemies um, she's like a psionic superhero yeah yeah um so like i was kind of intrigued for that kind of bioshocky component but then again my mutual who wrote it was like yeah it's nothing like bioshock you are going into this weird building that is kind of like alive and it's it's kind of like a sci-fi harry potter like hogwarts building you've seen harry potter obviously and like hogwarts it moves around yeah and, things change so like the building moves around it does a whole bunch of wonky stuff and uh you're trying to defeat this enemy that's just called the hiss <laughs> like i don't really know what it is i've been playing for like i don't know 20 hours i don't know what's happening you're but just scratching really the incredible. surface yeah it's really interesting i i was scared to play because everybody was like it's really hard and you're gonna just like want to throw your controller for the beginning of the game and i felt that way with like bloodborne and um what's that other one that everybody loves dark souls dark souls that's the one and there's like two or three of them and and it's got the meme where how do i make it better and it's like get good that's like the meme you know (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah That's a good. The, I, I'm not a fan yeah. of those games because I need to play video games to unwind and chill out that's after right. a ridiculous, especially right now. Yeah. So, like, that's why I was worried about control, but then it wasn't like that. Like, I died a little bit and it brought me back, like, a little bit, but not, like, once I kind of learned the save 
mechanisms and like that stuff, like it was fine. So it's just like the controls, The my one qualm with it, like it's really fluid for the gameplay and everything's really good and I enjoy playing it, but the controls are almost like a little bit too sensitive and it like moves you around so quickly and sometimes it gives me a bit of like that motion sickness yeah. feeling. You know what I've, so, I've broken out as a video game uh, and this is a, a, a way back, almost 20 years old, Knights of the Old Republic 1 from 2003 oh. is the game I've been playing. And you, I think like you're on the same wavelength in terms of what you want to get out of a game. Like I want something that I can escape with that's going to have like a really cool story that I feel like I'm enveloped in. And a lot of times older games don't do that. And maybe there's a nostalgic factor with Knights of the Old Republic for me because it came out when I was in my early 20s and I remember playing that game with my friends a lot. But I just broke it out because it was on sale on the Xbox store. And I I am shocked at how ahead of its time in terms of story and plot and character that game is. Like, you look at what's happening with Star Wars, and Star Wars fans love to complain. I don't think anyone could find something to complain about with Knights of the Old Republic. I I didn't play it, but like... I'm I'm thinking about getting the new one. The um, is it Fallen Order? Is that yeah, what it is? Jedi Fallen Order? It, it, those yeah. I played the the newest uh, Battlefront, and there's I think they're really cool. Uh, the graphics are incredible. The gameplay is really great. But the thing that I don't like is I hate it when I have to be their character. You know, Mm, I want to I want to make my own character. And I think that's really important for a lot of people in terms of identity, that they can be something that they can't be in the real world. And I don't want to be their person. And they defend stories like that by saying, well, it makes us able to create a better story, sort of. But I got to go back to the Dragon Age Mm -hmm. games and go back to like Knights of the Old Republic. You could be anything and it didn't change the story. You know, I was going to say, like, you sound like you want like Dragon Age or Skyrim, but like with Star Wars. Yeah. And that's what Knights of the Old Republic was. That's all I want. I'm a simple man, Steph. I'm a simple man. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I think now, too, is, like, that time to really just also get invested in a big, like, sprawling RPG like Skyrim or, again, you know, Dragon Age and all that stuff. Because it's just, like, escapism and it's, you know, it's self-inserting if that's your bag or you can just create your own character entirely that's, you know a complete monster or whatever. But yeah. it's, like, your choice. It's choose your own adventure with choose your own characters and it's good and wholesome but like not, not wholesome because you're, you're killing people absolutely see you get it you get it yeah. now what about movies what are you watching for movies oh i've been watching so much lately but i think the one thing that like really stood out to me lately um again because like i've been playing like a lot of animal crossing uh so i've been putting things on at home so that i can kind of i have adhd so if i'm not playing a game i'm on my phone or i'm dicking around and you know the the animal crossing is light enough that it kind of keeps my attention on what i'm watching and i i don't know anyways not the point adhd Um, but uh, I watched this movie called Fighting with My Family. That's the wrestling one, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's the real story of, well, the I'm, I'm doing air quotes around real. It's the based on a true story um, tale revolving around how Paige came to be in the WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put this on, again, as like a mindless background movie that I would just kind of watch while I was playing wholesome video games. And I wound up watching the movie more than I was doing anything else. So it's directed by Stephen Merchant. Uh, Florence Pugh. I don't know how to say her last name. Pugh? Pugh. Um, it's like Hugh, oh, okay, but with a P. Yeah. Uh, so she's the lead. She plays Paige. Uh, Lena Headey uh, plays her mom. Nick Frost plays her dad. Um, the Rock is in it. Vince Vaughn's in it. And basically it just tells her story of being like this, you know, mom and pop wrestling like kid in this family and how she auditioned for the WWE and wound up like trying out for them and becoming like the page that wrestling fans know. And I'm not like a big wrestling fan. I was going to say, I've never heard you ever mention wrestling ever. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I've seen a little bit of wrestling. I think it's like fun. It's campy. Like again, you know, it's just, it's, there's so many parallels between wrestling and comic books. And I, so completely understand why my comic book friends love wrestling. Like there's just, they're one in the same, just completely different media. Um, so I put this on, not really expecting much and it was so good. It's so funny. Did I already say Steven Merchant directs it? <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that right away. Okay. 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 Um, but like it was also just like surprisingly full of heart and it was really enjoyable like it was probably the movie this year that has surprised me the most I didn't know anything about it going in other than just like the synopsis and I loved it now what about board games because I've been cracking out a lot of board games as of late with the fam and it's a great way to because it's a, it's a conversation starter. You know, you're all talking yeah. while you're playing, and then you're talking about the game, and then you're talking about other things. But what's the game you're playing right now? You mentioned Dungeon Master. I Yeah. I, that was what I was totally going to say. So, Fred, have you played this? Do you know this game yet? No, because my understanding okay. of Dungeon Mastering is whenever I'm playing D&D, I always end up being the DM. So I want to be the player so, for once. The game is called did I? I might have sent you as Dungeon Master, but it's uh, Dungeon Mayhem. Okay, Sorry. Dungeon Mayhem. Yeah, I messed up when I sent you. It's my okay. List, but you're probably playing uh, Animal well, Crossing while you were texting me. I know. I actually probably was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Dungeon Mayhem is a card game. Basically, it comes in this pack, and there are four characters that you can be. Uh, you could be like, there's a paladin, there's a wizard, there's a rogue, and there's a barbarian. Ooh. Um, and basically, you get a hit point counter, and then you get a stat card, and the stats tell you like how many hits, like uh, how many points of damage you take for like each attack, uh, what your defense is, like, and it tells you what your super special secret attacks are. Ooh, super special. Then, yeah, super <laughs> special. Uh, so like. I've been playing with my partner, Kirk, and so he's been playing a character, and then I play a character, and then what we do is we draw three cards, and then at the beginning of your turn, you draw, like, another card, and you play the card. So you can put down, like, shields so that, you know, you have X number of 
points before you can take damage, blah, blah, blah. Um, but basically, you're putting down cards and trying to get the other person's hit points down to zero. So you both have 10 hit points. And it takes maybe like 10, 15 minutes to play around. Um, and Kirk and I wound up playing like, I don't know, like 10 rounds of it last night. We just like swapped the different characters and played a bunch of different like roles. Um, and it was just so much fun. Like Kirk has never played D&D before. He likes board games. He's not like a big board game person, but like we tried four new games yesterday and Dungeon Mayhem was both of our favorites. They have like expansions too, where you can play as like the monsters. Um, I, I like that idea. I I really am done with the idea of the bad guys being bad and just bad, bad, bad all the time because they're bad and the good guys just being good, good, good and good all the time because they're good. I'm sort of done with that. I want more shades of gray, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually delightful. Like, I played, again, Dungeon Mayhem for a little bit in between my Muppets movie marathon. <laughs> and... Um, uh, <laughs> I watched so many Muppets movies, Fred. Like, I watched so many. I love them so You live much. in, like, Kirk, I just m- imagine your apartment is just a very happy place. I'll, I'll send you a photo at some point in time. I have, like, all kinds of, like, I have a T-Rex, like, plushie on my couch. And I have, like, a little Godzilla beside my desk. I have, like, little tiny hands that go in your fingers, like, over here. <laughs> I just, it's... It's a good place. It's it's my home. That was a very positive way to end the conversation, just talking about making your home as positive and warm and welcoming a place as you possibly can. It was good. A big thank you to Steph uh, for coming on the show, dousing us with honesty. Now, it's going to be a while till we go back to our regular, more editorial-type format for Issue Zero. It's going to be a bit more of a chum cast, I guess, for the next while, where we talk to more creators from TV, comics, video games, etc., about all the things they're consuming to maintain their positivity and their sanity during these trying, difficult, uncertain times. Uh, and next week, because yes, we are going to continue to try and get an episode out every week, we're going to focus more on family-friendly content. Now, that can be taken as vanilla content, but I don't mean it like that. I mean content that you, as an adult, could consume with children without worrying about how it's going to warp their small little delicate minds. And we're going to be war- working with uh, one of my favorite uh, children's writers who's, honestly, he listens to the show all the time. And I know that he's listened because he'll correct me with my minute pronunciation of various words. Now, not only does Jay have a panache for properly pronouncing words, uh, he also is a very accomplished writer. He's worked with Oni Press, DC. He's got kids' books that have come out with Kids Can Press. Ding! That's our little bell that goes off whenever we mention another company owned by Course Entertainment, the company that produces this podcast. Uh, so Jay Torres, joining us on the show next week to talk about family-friendly content you can consume with your children. Make sure to subscribe to Issue Zero so you never miss an episode. While you're there, don't forget to rate and review us. It helps us spread the word and get more people to find the podcast. We're available for free at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you get your favorite streaming audio. You can also listen at CuriousCast.ca. Be sure to check out the show notes for more information about what you heard today and links to all our guests. 
And if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Twitter at fearless underscore Fred, on Facebook and Instagram, and you can email me at issue zero at curiouscast.ca. This show is hosted and written by me, Fred Kennedy, and Dila Velasquez, our producer. And sound design and final production is by Rob Johnson. See you next time for more Issue Zero.